Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. And welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. So thankful that you joined us today. And speaking of thankful... That's the theme of today's episode. We're going to be talking about some things that we're thankful for uh, from the PeaceWorks podcast. But before we jump into that, let me remind you of chrismoles.org, PeaceWorks University, menofpeace.org, and all of the resources that are now available for you as people helpers and folks who are looking for transformation. If you're looking to take the next step, uh, we would love for you to head over to chrismoles.org and jump into PeaceWorks University. If you've enjoyed and are benefiting from what you're hearing from the PeaceWorks podcast, PeaceWorks University is your best next step. And if you're a man, if you've been listening to the podcast and you're pursuing transformation and you feel like it's time to take that next step of discipleship, moving towards change from violence to gentleness, from ridicule to emotional support, then would you consider heading over to menofpeace.org? and signing up for the Men of Peace self-paced course. That course, the digital course, will be available uh, indefinitely. Cart's open right now, and we are accepting new participants. So head over to menofpeace.org if you want to be involved in the Men of Peace self-paced course. Well, friends, it's great to have everybody back. This episode is the 200th episode of the PeaceWorks podcast. 200. Like, I reflect back and I wonder, you know, how did we get here? And I thought that might actually be a great place to take the podcast today. You know, we have this tradition in my home. It's actually something that my wife began. Um, I really appreciate it. She persists every year, and I'm thankful that we do. And that is something called a thankful tree. If you were to come into our house during the month of November, as it is right now, there would be a small decorative tree that sets on a coffee table or right now it's on a mantle and it has no leaves. It's a barren tree about 18 inches tall, about 12 inches um, wide and it's just a scraggly little thing but every day in the month of November my family sets down and my wife takes these little tags like little ornaments that is going to go on that tree and we each say something we're thankful for that day. And that tree over the course of the month of November goes from a barren little decorative uh, tree to a full thankful tree. And by the time we reach the December, uh, it's hard to find a place to put a tag. And it's a great reminder that we can be thankful for something every day. It's that, that tradition that brings me to today's podcast. As we reflect on 200 episodes of the PeaceWorks podcast, I want to just say, first of all, how thankful I am for you, the listener. You guys have been so consistent in showing up week after week of um, sending me words of encouragement. I can tell you that one of the things that shocks me the most about ministry is when I travel, when I speak, when I interact with churches and ministries around the country, is how many folks come up to me and thank me for the PeaceWorks podcast. How many folks 
come up to me and say, hey, I listened to the PeaceWorks podcast, or I really appreciated when you said this or when you covered this topic. That's super encouraging and something that I did not expect when we started the podcast in, I believe, 2018. In fact, when we began to talk about the podcast, I had just recently uh, hired an assistant. It was uh, the first big move in um, moving PeaceWorks forward. At, At that point, I had been traveling and speaking some I had been writing, and um, the book had begun to gain some traction in certain circles, and I found myself getting overwhelmed. We hired uh, an assistant who works part-time alongside me, and um, one of the first projects we worked on was PeaceWorks University. I really thought that a membership site would help uh, address some of the common questions that we were facing as a ministry, rather than me trying to answer those questions on a daily basis over phone calls. I wanted a place where people helpers could go and a community they could be a part of that would save me a little bit of time and energy and from repeating myself, but also where we could learn and grow as a a community. And that's how PeaceWorks University was born. But I felt that we needed an, an option for those who were not going to be part of the community. I hated to just launch a website with a pay-to-play model, um, knowing that there were some folks who, one, didn't feel that they could be part of that community, or two, didn't have the resources to be part of that community. And so I decided then to start the PeaceWorks podcast as just a free option for folks who wanted to learn and grow in this area. I never anticipated that we'd have so many listeners and so many subscribers and people who tune in week after week. And so, first of all, if I was going to build my own thankful tree for the ministry of PeaceWorks, I think I would say, I thank God for you, those of you who listen every week, um, who contribute to the growth and who support the podcast. I'm super thankful. You know, the other thing as we were beginning the podcast in around 2018 was the movement of domestic abuse work within biblical counseling was still relatively small. I I think you've heard me say, as I reflect back, prior to writing the book or being invited to speak at conferences, there there just wasn't a whole lot out there. I thank God for friends like um, Leslie Vernick, who was speaking into the biblical counseling world uh, from a, a certain perspective of victim care, but Otherwise, the majority of the work was being done outside of biblical counseling, outside of conservative evangelical circles. And yet, since we began the podcast, and it's not a corollary, I'm not trying to say that we caused anything. I'm just saying we're one voice in a chorus that has emerged in the last few years. And I want to take time to to thank God for that chorus, that growing movement. When we first uh, stepped into the podcast, I was hoping to just have a catalog of resources for a few people to use. I never anticipated that we would have have the, the support that we have today. It never occurred to me that so many of you would engage with the podcast. When we started PeaceWorks University, I was thrilled when we launched with a handful of people. Like I really thought 40 people in the membership was a win, and it is a win. I never would have dreamed that just a few years later there would be, you know, 
170 people and growing in PeaceWorks University. So to to just pause for a moment and thank God, I also want to thank him for the reality that we have seen support in our movement grow as people want to learn, as people want to do better, as people want to help more effectively. So I thank God for that. Three, I thank God, let me go back to the chorus for a second because that's where I was headed. I want to thank God for specific voices. You know, this work is richer and better because a multiplicity of voices have begun to speak and interact with, um, with the work. Even if you think about the, the books that have been written in the biblical counseling world. So just, just pause for me with a second because I know that BC is a wider net than maybe we want to project. Now, I know some folks will disagree. I think there are some folks in our tribe that want that net to shrink, that want some purity tests. And you may know I'm not a huge fan of purity tests. I I want theologically rich material. I want a commitment to scriptural sufficiency. I I think biblical counseling has unique uh, pillars that hold it up. Uh, And I don't want to deviate from those, but I think there's a much bigger umbrella than perhaps uh, we we have in the past presented, which is why we have uh, siloed biblical counseling in some ways. Uh, but I, I do want to say within our work, whether it's to the right or to the left or however you view it, there has been rich and robust material that has come out. Uh, works from friends like um, Brad Hambrick and the Church Cares Project. I thought well, that was a huge step forward to building awareness. I already mentioned my friend Leslie Vernick. I think how to act right when your spouse acts wrong was um, a huge benefit to the biblical counseling movement, not to mention the emotionally destructive relationship. Uh, being able to write my book was a massive blessing, but to have that followed um, by Sydney Millage's book, Sanctuary, was also a blessing, knowing that, that her work would reach people that maybe my work wouldn't. Not to mention Darby Strickland's incredible book, Is It Abuse? I I would have never dreamed, listener, that a resource would have taken off um, in the way that Darby's book has taken off. I think the, the ground was ready for a work like that. And then on the heels of that, you know, my friends Greg Wilson and Jeremy Pierre's book, When Home Hurts, has just recently been released. And I see a very similar pattern. When you add to the to the chorus voices uh, like Joy Forrest and Call to Peace, when you broaden your horizon to church-based resources and domestic violence-specific resources, we we are flush with good, experienced expertise like never before. I thank God for that. Like I think if we're going to celebrate. 200 episodes of the PeaceWorks podcast. I think we need to celebrate as well the way in which we've been able to see the movement and the work evolve. For instance, um, IBCD uh, released the domestic abuse observation videos. I'm not sure there's been a larger project um, financially, time, investment, care, concern, uh, that has shaped or helped this work 
within the conservative evangelical circles as much as that video series, uh, as it gives a glimpse into the practical, or I should say practice, of biblical counseling in cases of domestic abuse. And I guess the list could go on and on, guys. As you really reflect on where we have come from the first time I attempted to record a podcast to where the movement is now, we have much to thank God for. In just the short amount of time, four years, we have seen um, domestic abuse work, um, be influenced positively, be positioned um, effectively, be accepted more broadly, and we have seen skilled practitioners rise up within our churches and the biblical counseling movement uh, to a place of greater awareness, effectiveness, and ultimately that leads to safety. I guess that's what I'm really getting at. I'm thankful that even though I know the church has plenty of problems, you know, we could we could actually make a podcast on the church's problems. There's plenty of them out there, so I don't know that I need to be the one who makes another one. But we could make a podcast about all the church's failures and problems, and there there are plenty still out there. There are more to be had, more failures to be committed. But I also think it's important to take it take it to some time just push the pause button for a second and say thank you God for where we have come. Now some will say, Chris, that's awesome. I mean that that really is awesome to hear you be thankful for the ways in which the biblical counseling movement in particular and the church more in general has moved to become a little safer, even though there's still some problems. But don't you see that there are problems? Sure. In fact, I think there's room for improvement. So I do want to end the podcast with just some encouragement. Where can we improve? I think the first place, just moving forward, that we can see a few areas of improvement. And maybe you and I, listener, maybe we can be part of that improvement. The first is education. I really think the church is still struggling in many ways to be properly educated. And here's what I mean by that. I think we sometimes fall into the trap that we can only listen to certain voices, meaning that we really need someone within our circle to teach us about a topic. Now, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that. I would love to see more individuals within different tribes raise up Right to speak to this issue. Because there are some places I just can't go. There are some places that Darby can't go. And there are some places that Leslie can't go. There are some places that certain voices are not heard well. And that's fine. So we need more voices. However, I think one thing that would help us if we were, if we would position ourselves humbly enough to say two things. One, there is a level of knowledge out there that we could benefit from even if it's the local shelter? And two, can we trust our people enough to practice discernment? I guess that's one of the concerns that I have. Sometimes I think we're concerned that the average Christian in the pew, the average Christian leader that we 
supervise or operate with or come alongside doesn't have enough discernment to tell the difference between um, biblical and unbiblical material. And I actually would like to give our people the benefit of the doubt, especially if we're operating from a Romans 15 type of framework, that I'm confident that you, brothers and sisters, are competent to instruct one another. So I want to free competent counselors to do their work and trust them. I would much rather come alongside with a corrective than uh, begin our work with a preventative. So that's my first encouragement. Can we be learners? Let's step out and learn as much as we can uh, about the dynamics and impact of abuse. Let's empower people to grow in that and maybe even learn from folks that are not quite uh, exactly like we are. Uh, second to that, I think, one area that we can, we can improve on is to really begin to walk and move away from fear. I really think one of the areas that that I see in the church is a real fear, a fear of getting it wrong. And on a small level, on a on a <clears throat> consistent level, you will get things wrong. I have yet to see an intervention go perfectly, so there are some things you're going to miss. However, I think this fear that's usually surrounding things like, I don't want to judge someone unfairly. I don't want to fall victim to a false accusation. And I don't want to promote bad theology. All, all good concerns have driven some of us to make some very poor decisions, such as mutualizing, victim blaming, or um, eisegesis. So I would really say, can we just begin to pray about our fears? And can we trust God with the outcomes? And can we rely on each other for discernment? Can we rest in the scripture for direction? I think that will assuage a lot of fear. Fear is based on punishment, according to 1 John, but perfect love cast out that fear. Is it possible that we could rest in Christ's love, confident in his word, relying on each other to move forward in difficult cases, rather than trying to, and I think this is the result, we try to formulate everything, put everything on a line so that we can maintain control. And I'm just suggesting this work has a lot of chaos in it. So my hope is that moving forward, I mean, we've seen so much movement. Like, I want to really highlight how thankful I am. Like, we have moved tremendously. Like, we have more equipped biblical counselors trained in the dynamics and impact of abuse from a biblical gospel-centered perspective than, than ever before. And I really think if we broaden our call to discernment, wisdom, community, relationships, coming back to sufficiency, if we rest in God's promises to the point that we can let go of some of the fears that have controlled us, uh, we can see the church become even safer. And theologically, I'm still wrestling with um, some of the questions regarding power. I think that's one of the other areas that we've got to continue to discuss. I think there is a, a point in which we are conflating authority and power. 
and some of us are still viewing power over as a um, acceptable Christian model that dominance can be um, biblically appropriate, and I and I'm struggling with that personally. I, I just I I don't know. I think power abused is the problem in many ways. So those are discussions we got to continue to have, uh, rather than siloing and and throwing each other out. Let's let's talk about it. But with all that said, the areas that we can grow, discernment, fear, uh, theological questions, there's more to be thankful for than I think to be disparaged. Once again, look at how far we've come. I praise God for the great work that's been done. And you know, over the few years that we've been hanging out together, the few years that Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. the podcast has dropped, the years that we've been learning and growing and struggling together. I'm thankful for you, for the movement, for the growth, for the expertise, and for the lessons that we've learned through successes and through failures. Thank you guys for being part of this podcast, this process. Continue to pray for everyone engaged in the work of domestic abuse. Continue to pray for peace in our families, safety, in our homes, and in our churches. By God's grace, we'll see the church become the safest place on the planet. I appreciate you guys so much. Till next time, God bless.